Yo, hey, what's good? My name is Drake Demore, and you're listening to Wind City Sports, Windsor's only local sports radio program and podcast on CGN 99.1 FM, where we are now reaching higher ground in Windsor and Detroit. New episodes of Wind City Sports drop here on CGM every Thursday live at 8 p.m. Replays are now on Fridays at 4.30 p.m. You can hear all of our old shows on SoundCloud, iTunes, and wherever you get your podcasts. We're also on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and much more. We'll talk all about that at the end of the show as we normally do. Today is Thursday, June 14th, 2018, and it is episode 100 of Wind City Sports. Wasn't sure if I would ever make the past episode one, and here we are, just over two years. We had our two-year anniversary back on June 2nd, about two weeks ago, and we made it to episode 100 almost every single week. I brought you a new episode of Wind City Sports, uh, missing two weeks in the Christmas and New Year's Eve um, season, two years in a row, and usually an odd episode in the summer. But I just never thought that uh, it would run this long, never knew uh, what to expect when starting it, and here we are, 100 episodes in, and uh, to celebrate our two-year anniversary, uh, 100th episode, and obviously it's going to be a stellar interview, uh, we bring you an hour-long episode here on CGM and on the podcast. Uh, normally a half-hour squad, if you never heard the, the show before, uh, from 8 to 8.30, we air new episodes every Thursday. This week, we're going to go right until 9 o'clock, and we're going to talk to Coach Cedric Beck. Windsor's probably best-known coach, uh, and probably best coach that there is out there. He's involved in so much in the community in Windsor. He, he's part of Windsor Amateur Boxing Club, Refined Fitness, Central Combat Sports, and so much more. Uh, he's trained so many high-level athletes, as he talks about in the interview. He uh, runs off some key uh, athletes that he's training right now, actually. It's uh, very interesting to hear, actually. An amazing coach and just one of the boys to coach Cedric Ben. Talks about his, his life story, you know, how he ended up here um, in Ontario, actually, he's not actually from the province, how he ended up here in Windsor, and his coaching career, also his athletic career, you know, his boxing career, um, what sports he played, and, and how he got into coaching, actually, and how it kind of took off into what it is now. He's the head coach of boxer Hunter Lee. He's 18 years old out of Windsor, Ontario. He's been on the show before, but he is just killing it in the boxing world and big things coming up for that kid. So obviously he talks a little bit about training that new generation and, uh, you know, is he going to be doing this thing for the rest of his life? Uh, Cedric Ben tells his story here on the show for the first time ever on episode 100 of Wind City Sports. Following the interview today, we're going to break down some local sports news and talk about some upcoming events and uh, things that we've missed in the last couple weeks. Normally, if you listen to the radio version of Wind City Sports, now would be the time that you hear a PSA from CJM, but we're going to skip that and get right into the interview with Coach Cedric Ben. On the radio uh, version, we had to play two PSAs for each half-hour slot, and again, we're going to skip that, and when we come back from that interview, we're going to roll right into some local sports news, uh, breaking down what's going on in and around Windsor in the next little bit. So now I hope you're ready. It's time for the interview with Coach Cedric Ben. Here we go. All right, man. Well, here at Windsor Amateur Boxing Club, it's kind of your place, uh, Cedric Ben, and you've uh, helped me out a lot actually in the last little bit, getting me with Hunter and MH and a couple other guys, and just you know, obviously promoting the 
the fights that you guys put on and whatnot, but mm-hmm. uh, it's time to talk about you. <laughs> it's going to be a little bit of a learning thing for me, too, because like, I know nothing about like your <laughs> fighting career or anything, you know, so okay, okay. if you don't mind, we'll talk about that, but yeah. um, just a little bit of background on yourself, because one thing I always found interesting is that we both um, went to Lamp in college, but mm-hmm. originally from Montreal, so what's the story there coming from the, Montreal to the, Ontario? The story there is um, at the, uh, when, I was, when I graduated high school... I was uh, living with my cousin in downtown Montreal, and uh, at the end of that summer, she she was she decided to move to Toronto. So I just asked if I could come with her, just just to just go. Around, yeah. So I left. I went to Durham College for one year. There, I got uh, uh, recruited to play basketball at Lambton College. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, there was a, a, a new coach there. Like, no one really gets recruited to go to. Canadian college, but the way, yeah, yeah, exactly. But the way that the coach uh, presented it is that he had a lot of connections with um, Division One schools in the state, so he was going to try to treat it kind of like a, a, a junior, like a stepping stone to get to to get to a Division One school. Okay. Uh, long story short, um, I started boxing to keep myself in shape for basketball. Oh, okay. Um, and then after I graduated. Uh, uh, sorry, after my going into my my last year, I decided to to stop playing basketball and I was just training boxing full time. And even how I started to have, when I had my first fight, I had no intentions of actually fighting. It was actually funny. Just one day, um, I was training in the gym, and my coach yelled from across the gym. He's like, "Hey Cedric, are you gonna are you ever gonna have a fight or what?" I was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, of course." But like I only said yeah because I was yeah, in front of a gym, in front of people. You know what I'm saying? Like in the back of my head, I was like, okay, I'm gonna call him at nighttime and tell him hey, I didn't really mean that. Like, <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? So then I was like, when I got home, you know, on TV sometimes they have like, like if you're talking to yourself, like two people on each shoulder. Yeah. So devil one, one, and yeah, exactly. Devil and angel. One person. I, it wasn't exactly a devil and angel. It was just two people, and one person was like. What are you thinking, crazy? What are you get into a fight? Get into a ring and fight somebody? You're freaking 19 years old. You're not too late to start this. And the other side was like, "Come on, man, don't don't be scared. What's what's the yeah. worst? Gonna just just do it. Just do it." And and so I ended up doing it. Um, had a couple of matches. And then that was the thing. I told myself I was going to have one match just to say I did it. That's what I was going to say. Like maybe I'll just do it. And yeah, see what yeah, happens. yeah. I told myself I was just going to have one one fight just to say I did it. And I had that fight and I lost. I got my ass kicked. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't fall to the ground. I didn't knock down not like that. But he mm-hmm. beat me up. And I was like, forget this. This is not happening. I have to have at least one win. I can't just stop. Yeah, I kept you on one. Yeah, you on one. So. I started training hard and I won my second fight and then um, I won like eight in a row. And then uh, after then I graduated and I moved to Windsor. My coach at the, I was at Blue Water Boxing Club. Coach Tom Hennessy, one of the best coaches up. He suggested that I that I uh, that I come to Windsor and train with Charlie. Cause I, I graduated from college. I didn't feel like getting a real job yet. And so my coach just told me, why don't you go to Windsor and start training with Charlie? Mm-hmm. And that was the only reason why I even came to Windsor. Really? If it, wasn't, if it wasn't for that, I would just went back home to Montreal and just, I don't know what would happen. Yeah. Um, so I came here and then uh, I had a couple of fights. Ended up having 30 fights, so it was 24 and 6. 
the only reason why I stopped is because I, I was working, started working full time, so I didn't have time to train full time. And um, I mean, I still, I still could have competed, but like, I, did, I didn't feel comfortable for me to get, for me to feel comfortable to get in a ring and face someone that's also prepared. I, you know, I didn't feel I had the right preparation to do that, and so I just told Charlie that. So I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll just help out with coaching. I'll come back once in a while just to help out, whatever, do pads or whatever. And then, and then what happened? Like, just slowly, the coaching started to be like a full time thing. Like during those times, around between like 2006 and like 2000, from like 2006 to like 2009 or 10, um, Charlie was always going on trips with either Mary or Adam to either the World Championships or the Olympics or just some random tournament, some international competition. And so what he would do, he when he would be gone for like two weeks, he would leave me in charge of running the gym and telling me what to do. So like, I kind of feel like I, I, I was lucky in my in my upbringing as a coach because most coaches have to start from, from ground zero mm-hmm. with a novice fighter. But like my, my first coaching assignment was helping Adam get ready for the World Championships. And the way that we were doing that, Charlie would be, you know, somewhere around, somewhere in the world, coaching Mary, and he would call me in the morning. He'd call me, call me here, and be like, "All right, do this, this with Adam on the bag. Well, you know, when you guys are sparring, do this, this, this. When you're holding pads for him, do this, this, this." And so, like, I did not think about anything. Like, he, he was already a two-time Olympic head coach, so I'm just basically like, I was, I was, you know. Copying out of a, yeah. a, you know, what he vocal, told you to do exactly. to kind of carry so forward. Right? I didn't have to. Most coaches have to try by trial and error, but I was just, I was just given all the answers, and so that's how I feel. I was very lucky to have a, a mentor like Charlie to bring me up through the ranks. Um, where was I going with that? <laughs> I don't know, man. You already answered like a couple of my questions. <laughs> you know, how did you meet Charlie? Uh, was one of them. How did you end up in Windsor? But like just you know, to for the people listening, we're talking Mary Spencer. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, everyone knows who she is. If you're a boxing fan, and she's from Windsor. Mm-hmm. And Adam, uh, what's Adam's last name? Adam Troopish. Okay, so those are like Olympic athletes that are coming mm-hmm. out of obviously right here in Windsor, but out of mm-hmm. Windsor Amateur Boxing Club. Yeah. But like one thing that you had said was you know I started working full time. So what had came to mind was were you coaching full time? And then you even touched upon that also was you know. Uh, um, coaches kind of took over. Or? Yeah, I, I, um, I was working full time as a trainer at Good Life. Okay, and so I would just come coach once in a while. But then just Charlie just he just asked me to do more just because I was around more. I mean, because it was a few more extra boxers here that had talent and looked like they they um, you know if, if they had some extra guidance that uh, they could do it. And Charlie just just. You know, again, I have to thank him a million times because he didn't have to do this, but like he would put me in charge of of some of the some of the younger ones that had potential and, and guiding me along with you know how to coach them and what to do. Um, and so that's that's how I was able to have success so early in my in my coaching career, mm-hmm. just from you know right off the bat being able to train international level boxers. Well, that's how it translates, but I mean, that, it's kind of a different way. Like you had mentioned, like he just calls you on the phone, and that's how you were learning was like mm-hmm. long distance almost. That's mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's probably unheard of. I've never heard that, at least in my you know experience of talking to people. So, yeah, um, um, so that's yeah, pretty man. unique. Pretty cool, man. Pretty cool. Um, 
So like I said, he basically just gave me all the answers to the test. Mm-hmm. You just got to put it together? Mm-hmm. So when you were fighting, were you fighting around Ontario mostly, Michigan kind of thing? Because even you know, being in Sarnia, it's a border city as well. Ontario it was uh, all over Ontario. We just sparred in the states a couple of times, and I fought a couple of Americans, but not uh, never competed over there. Just uh, just over just over over here, mm-hmm. in Ontario. And one thing that I had learned early when I met you, but not a lot about it, was your neck injury. Oh, you yes. want to tell a little bit about that? It's, it's it's almost funny in a way. Like I don't want to like you know yeah, figure yeah, the whole yeah. injuries thing, but you know, tell, um, tell them what happened with that. Uh, around early, in the early two thousands, actually, it's actually funny. All I've had about five, six surgeries on my body, and none of them have been from boxing. It's all from basketball, playing just other random sports. But anyway, early two thousands, I was playing basketball. I was playing defense against this guy, and I was. He kind of got by me, so I was I was running to catch up to him. And when I was running, I had my head turned, and I ran like full speed into someone. So my body stopped, but my head like snapped forward. Okay. And like I I just fell right to the ground, like I'm, like I felt like a shock through my body. I just fell mm-hmm. right to the ground. And I kind of moved around. And I was okay because I got up and I finished the game. Went home, everything was fine, and when I woke up in the morning, I could barely move. Like, it, it took, literally, it took me about, like, 10, 15 minutes to, to find a way to, to roll out of bed without being in, in excruciating pain. And so, um, I went to get a, I went to, went to the doctor. I got an x-ray, and the x-ray didn't show nothing. Um, x-rays are different, because the x-rays only shows if there's something wrong with the bones, um, an MRI shows what's wrong with the ligaments. So, anyways, that this was like early 2000s. I got an X-ray. X-ray didn't say anything, so I was just uh, didn't even think anything of it. Um, fast forward to 2011. So yeah, that was probably 2003, 2004. Fast forward to 2011. Um, I was getting this little twitch in my leg, like my whole right side of the body kind of feels stiff. Anyways, went to see a doctor for it. He wanted to send me for he sent me for a, a test for an MRI. He wanted to get a, test my um, my brain and my spinal cord because he wanted to see if I had MS. Really? Like, <laughs> Why yeah. would you tell me that before? Yeah. So so for two weeks I'm sitting there stressed out thinking I might have MS. Um. Anyways, long story short, I don't uh, I don't have it. Um, <laughs> but then he tells me that. Uh, 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 that I have subluxation in um, one of the vertebrae, and he told me that when he looked at my my MRI, it was similar to look, when he looked at Christopher Reeves' MRI, except mine was just like a few millimeters off. <laughs> he said he said it takes a lot it takes a lot to jar that few millimeters. Yeah, that's but like, it uh, sounds like nothing. It is a lot in like medical terms, probably. Yeah, still, yeah, it's yeah. Scary <laughs> on paper. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and then. Um, he proceeded to to ask me when when I when I when I injured myself. When I told him the only time that I ever injured myself was um, yeah. And I told him I told I said the only time I ever seriously injured myself was that time in the early two thousands. And he kind of looked at me with a weird look on my face, uh, with a weird look on his face because of the king. 
you couldn't believe that I went through all this time with uh, with this injury, like all these years. And then I told him that I I still had about twenty boxing matches after that happened. So, so, so sorry to interrupt you, but the basketball thing happened early two thousands. Yeah, probably okay. around two thousand two, two thousand three, mm-hmm. two thousand four, something like that. And then in two thousand eleven is when uh, I was getting this. I just felt like I don't know, just twitched my leg, and just the right side just felt kind of stiff over the left. Mm-hmm. Anyways, went to see a doctor, and he went to he gave me this week. He sent me for an MRI because he's like, I want to test see if you have MS or something wrong with your spinal cord. Test came back negative, thank God. But he said on my spine, on my on my C four and five, that there's some subluxation. It was a little bit off. And then, um, yeah, I told him that I had a, since then I've had twenty boxing matches. I even I had a car accident, got into a car accident. I even used to roll like when I first started at the gym. We were at Central. Yeah. You weren't at the gym. We were at Central. No, no, no. Yeah, like Angela when I first was started. telling me that though that when you first came. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To try and stuff. I was doing all that. <laughs> yeah, I was doing all that stuff, and like, uh, so it's like, at any point in time, like any, you know, any point in time, like if my neck would have turned the wrong way or something like that, or I could have been paralyzed from the neck. Now. <laughs> it's just crazy to think about that. Yeah, like ninety nine percent chance of that happening in yeah. two minute rolling. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, anyway, <laughs> and so, um, anyways, got that surgery done, and I'm, uh, I'm good now. But basically, so. When he had asked you, like, when this, when did you injure yourself? You're like, oh, like years ago, and all this stuff happened. But end of the story is, your neck was broken. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like yeah. this whole time, you you just didn't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Basically, basically, that's what I was told was that like, yeah, guy had a broken neck for like ten years and didn't know it until like. But that that's the thing is like a small injury. You go and you're like, okay, yeah, we'll see what happens. And then they yeah. find all this other stuff that's wrong with you. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like. Yeah. You didn't know. <laughs> I did not know. Yeah, it was just, uh, yeah, and I didn't even think this was serious. I just wanted to get it checked out because yeah. it just happened. It was like it was the same. I felt the same for a couple of weeks, you know. So. Like the small for me, the small things bug me. You know, if I have like if I tweak my knee or something and it's mm-hmm. swollen like a melon, I'm like whatever, I'll just mm-hmm. ice it, right? But if I have like a little something in my like shoulder, I'm like I should get this looked at. Like, it's, <laughs> it's not right, you know. It's clicking or something. Yeah, and then, then that's how things spark. But <laughs> so. Um, um, like you had said, Charlie Stewart helping you out and all that stuff that uh, uh, got you into coaching full time. You know, you kind mm-hmm. of seem like I can do this kind of thing. You're uh, you're coaching mm-hmm. Olympic athletes, and I never realized that until now. But it probably translates into what you're doing now because you're training a lot of high uh, high level athletes. Yeah, yeah. definitely. And so, so my my other thing. Sorry, were you say just like who? Who you got? And what's the uh, over the years? I've got to. to well, first, my, my other thing that I branched off of coaching boxers is uh, coaching athletes that play other sports using boxing exercises that help with their help with their athleticism in their sport, whether it's improving hand-eye coordination, you know, uh, hand-eye coordination, footwork, agility, um, just general mental toughness. Um, but yeah, you know, like specific drills like the double end bag. Help, helping hit you know being able to hit a moving target yeah, That's gonna, yeah exactly yeah, helpful, you know the speed bag helps with strength shoulder strength endurance not not just the the strength part but be able to, to, to the endurance to be able to keep that up at the end of a fight not just the end of a fight but end of a end of overtime whether it's hockey or basketball yeah. whatever you're playing um, to be able to maintain that strength that you have 
Um, so um, over the years, got to work with uh, quite a few hockey players. Right now, I'm working with two uh, two NHL guys, Zach Zach Cashin and uh, Dalton oh. Prout. I didn't know that. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was working with a few of the Spitfires over the years. Yeah. Um, uh, a few of the Spitfires. Um, right now, I'm curr- currently working with the University of Men's Basketball Team. Um, also, uh, Mia Langlois, who plays on uh, Team Canada. Um, a few younger, a few a few football players, CFL mm-hmm. football players, Mike Carter, Chris Rabacumba. I've uh, worked with... Um, Luke Wilson past couple of years too um, and like I said I always emphasize you know the, when we do when we're doing boxing it's not we're not just doing it because it's something cool and fun to do mm-hmm. we're, we're doing it to, to actually help you improve your performance in your sport so that's why I just emphasize to emphasize that to them whenever whenever we're training it's not, not just fighting no no, know, no it's not just punching like, no 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 because like I, I want them to actually see tell me that if they see a difference in their um you know, in their performance, just the little things. Like I said, just the little things. Like, uh, uh, for example, Mike Carter, he's a, he's a quarterback safety. He's improved his hand-eye coordination. You know, just past couple of seasons, he's had like he had like one or two extra deflections per game. Just little things like that. That deflection could have ended up as a touchdown for the other team, right? So, just little things like that that make a difference. And it seems like they know that. You know, like it's not like they have to be presented like hey this is going to help you kind of thing it's almost like they know and it does translate into like you're saying just every aspect of Mm -hmm. anything athletic yeah and and i think the one thing that helps me that kind of separates me from from the rest of the the people that try to incorporate boxing because i see a lot of you know see a lot of athletes that that you know they post videos of them doing boxing and I'm seeing what they're doing, and I and I can tell that either the, the coach, because the thing is, there's, there's a lot of high level boxing coaches and a lot of high level trainers, like weight trainers, but there's not too many people that are both. So I think I'm lucky that I'm I'm both of those. So I know how to incorporate a, a, a boxing exercises with a strength strength and conditioning program, how to put those together. So when I see some of these videos with these guys, and they they're just throwing their arms and not really turning their hips properly or pivoting their feet. Like what that tells me is that like they like they're they're most likely just going to to a, to a box coach that's just in their in their area wherever they live. And that train that coach is not really explaining to them how this boxing is going to benefit them on on in their sport. They're just they're just doing it just to do it just because mm-hmm. it's something cool to do and it gets them tired for their workout. Mm-hmm. Cuz I hear a lot of athletes will say that to me. They they say they'll say they they love they they like doing boxing because they hate doing cardio, so they'll do the boxing instead of the cardio. And I and I tell them, yeah, that's that's good. Yeah, the boxing gets you in the cardio, but at the same time, uh, um, it's 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 proper technique and it's specific movements that you're doing. It's not just going wild and just throwing your arms just to, yeah. until you until you're dead tired. It's working until you're dead tired, but with proper form. That's something that you always stress in the classes at Central too. Yes, I yes, that big time. The form, the fun, mastering the fundamentals, mastering mm-hmm. the fundamentals. All doing all the fancy stuff is good, but it's only it's only it's only good after you master the fundamentals. Like that's can't emphasize that enough. Mastering the fundamentals with the offense and the defense. So when I'm working with these athletes in other sports, for example, where if we're doing hand pads, if they're hitting the pads. I'll also be swinging back at them, like slow enough to where they, they can still see it and, and 
and and blocking and stuff like that. I'm not just just straight up swinging at yeah. them. Um, but as they're punching, they also have to get their hands back up. Now I'm I'm just throwing in the air, but like throwing so that they can still block it. And that that transition from offense to defense, again, that's just uh, I'm being working on your reflexes. Again, specifically when you're tired. Everyone, everyone could look good when, when you're fresh right off the bat in the first quarter or first period. But the key is to, to look sharp like that towards the end of the game when it's still tied and it's overtime and it's a tough, tough, tough close game or a tough close fight to be able to stay focused and maintain good form. Because a lot of happens, a lot, a lot of whether it's fighting or, or hockey, basketball, baseball, a lot of mistakes happen in the later part of the fight or the game when people are tired and make just little mental mistakes except the mental mistakes in, in, in fighting in MMA are a lot the consequences of the <laughs> mistake are a lot more severe than yeah. in other sports you know in uh, <laughs> basketball you might commit a foul or you know step your foot out of bounds you know it's not no harm boxing in MMA you make you make the wrong move and it could be lights out um and so, I, again, I emphasize that, too. So, for example, if I'm working with one of the basketball players, when we're doing the transitions from offense to defense, if they, if they mess up, I'll tell them, you know, every time you mess up, that's a turnover. So just think of it like that. If I'm working with one of the football players, whether he, if he's on offense, I tell him, every time you mess up, that's a fumble. So think of it like that. If I'm working with one of the defensive players, I'll tell him, every time you mess up, like you miss one of the, one of the, the assignments for reflexes, Think of it that the, your defender just caught that ball and is running for a touchdown. And so that's how I just keep them mentally focused on, um, on, on, on what they're doing, right? So, again, it's not just boxing because mm-hmm. something cool to do. It's boxing to help your performance in your sport. That makes a lot of sense. You know, and, and the one thing, too, is that you actually... You understand that kind of stuff, you know. You're a fan of basketball and football. It's not like you're, yeah, like yeah, you yeah. get, like you're saying. Like a lot of times, I'm like when you're talking, I'm trying to think of an example, and mm-hmm. I don't know because I'm not like a football <laughs> guy, you know. But it, yeah. it's true. It's the truth. And uh, again, like you said, it's something that you stress a lot, and it's what makes the biggest difference. But mm-hmm. aside from like the high level athletes that you're training, you're building athletes too here with like Hunter and all the the younger mm-hmm. guys and girls. Um, talk a little bit about him and, and some other guys that you have going on right now. Like, obviously, like we're just you just came back from Toronto yesterday. Yeah, Connor's had a big fight, and um, he's um, he's doing a lot of great stuff. Yeah, so. yeah, definitely. Even uh, um, even you know, before we even get into the details about the boxers, just in general, um, you know, this gym this gym has had a national champion. This gym has produced at least one national champion every single year since 1993. I remember Charlie said that to me a few years ago, and and uh, reality just hit me like a couple of months ago. Now that I'm basically like the the, the head coach here, that the pressure's on me to keep that streak going. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, again, I'm 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 lucky that as a coach, I've I've had a national champion every single year that I've coached from the beginning, and. Um, so you know, I, I just put that. I mean, it's not no pressure. I just I put that pressure on myself to be able to 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 maintain the the standards for for this gym of producing champions. So right now we got a good crop coming up. Um, uh, we just had our national the national Canadian national championships at the end of April. We had five boxers attend. Everyone got a medal. We got two gold, three bronze. 
Um, <clears throat> specifically, um, Hunter, he um, he just had a recently had him and Carlito just turned to the senior level. Hunter Lee and Carlito Elliott, both great boxers, been in the gym for a few years now, quite a few years now, mm-hmm. um, accomplished a lot. Um, but the thing is, <laughs> they're both. They're only 18, 19, 20 years old, but they're fighting at the senior level, which means they're fighting grown men. So it's a lot. Uh, they have the skills. The thing that's 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 helping them stay keep up is their skill level is is higher. The guys, these guys that they're facing are grown men, so they have that grown man strength, but they have the skills, offense and defense, especially the defense when you're fighting a grown man to to to, to be blocking and making the person miss. And that's what's helping them get by right now. Hunter just won the um, biggest fight of his life yesterday against uh, against a competitor from Toronto who was last year's senior champion and also got best boxer of the tournament at the Nationals. And uh, Hunter just beat him in his hometown last night in a big event, big charity event. That's huge. Um, you know... Uh, um, and so I, I could talk all day about our about our, our kids coming up. We got Kioma, little Kioma. I call him Kiomachenko. For those in the boxing world that know who uh, Vasil Lomachenko is, he's a two-time Olympian. He's he's, uh, um, he's only like he only has about ten or twelve fights, but he has like two world championship belts already. Um, anyways, he's he's the truth, Lomachenko. So Kioma, I call him Kiomachenko. Uh, and you know, if he stays focused, he he could be the next one coming up. We got Tucker Myers, a former uh, former travel hockey goalie, who uh, chose to 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 stick to boxing. He 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 went to the Nationals for his first time this year and won. Um, he won his Nationals, so yeah. he's doing a good job. We got Nolan Brothers, who um, won a bronze medal at this year's national championship. So and those guys are all, they're all teenagers. They're all they're all within the age of fourteen to seventeen, sixteen, seventeen. Um. So yeah, man, we got a good crop coming up. The goal is to be at uh, the 2020 and 24 Olympics. We got a tough road ahead of us, but uh, you know, as we said, going back to the reputation of this gym, mm-hmm. not only have we had a, a, um, a national champion every year since 1993, but there's been in the 2000s someone from this gym represented at the Olympics. In 2000, 2004, 2008, and 2012. 2016, we missed one. But, um, again, my goal is to be have one of my boxers at uh, 2020 and 2024. I think a lot of them are on the same page as you, obviously. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, that's, yeah, like, the, one of the bigger... Like, boxing is a different sport than, like, kind of, quote-unquote, mainstream mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. sports, at least nowadays, because boxing used to be, like, the biggest one, mm-hmm. you know? But uh, it's a little different where... They look towards Olympics more than almost anything, you know. It, it's that um, you know that's there. Yes, you know? yes, yes. Now it, it's it, you know it's kind of a, a um, I'm not sure the word. Not a, I was going to say thin line, but like whether whether someone should pursue going to the Olympics or just get a bunch of fights to get you ready for for the professional level. I always say that the more international experience you have, the better prepared you're going to be for the pro level. Because once you turn pro, there's no turning back after that. The higher level you go as an amateur, you're fighting the best in the world. Every anytime you go to an international competition, 
you're fighting the best in the world, and when you turn pro, your record's gonna be zero and zero. So you get you get a fresh start after getting all that preparation. Mm-hmm. Um, now, with that being said, some guys, some some people stay amateur too long, and end up uh, you know turn pro too late, and, and then by that time they've taken too many punches, and you know it's not working out for them. Yeah, there's still that factor of. You know, you take a toll on, on the butt. Yeah, exactly. And, and with that being said, you know, and, and you know this from, from the classes, how much I, I emphasize defense. I probably emphasize yeah. defense more than, than offense because it's easy to, to punch someone. You don't, even if you've never, if no one ever showed you how to throw a punch in your life, if you had to defend yourself, you would know how to make a fist with your hand and swing, swing your arms at yeah. least. Most people don't know how to make a person miss block or, or just completely make a person miss that is a whole different different ball game it's a mental aspect almost right? definitely come, you know, and it comes down back to the concentration and so uh, um, you know I, I again I emphasize defense more than offense yeah. just for the longevity not just for your sport but for when you're done playing so you can still remember your kids names <laughs> stuff like that my worst trait <laughs> defense <laughs> Um, so you're involved in, in a lot in in the city, you know, you're doing a lot of volunteer work and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Involved in a lot of different gyms, like we just we just came from Refined Fitness, you're here at uh, Windsor Amateur Boxing, Central Combat Sports. Do you feel like all that experience together really has been beneficial and, you know, obviously yeah, drive I mean, towards your goal? Uh, yeah, because it helps... It helps um Working at these different gyms helps helps me keep helps helps keep me sharp. That's not even, that even sound like proper English. <laughs> well, working with different people too, because you train like kids, yeah, you know, yeah, women, yeah. everyone. So yeah, like yeah. you know, exactly, yeah. From the kids to to the adults to the to the women's only boxing, um, but even just in general, I stay sharp. You know, I'm training the boxers, high level boxers, and at at the MMA gym. Same thing. I got a coach boxing, but in 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 an MMA setting. So some of the things that are, are, that apply to boxing wouldn't apply to MMA. So it makes me helps me think. And when I watch MMA fights now, I, I can I can kind of see see things like how you know where where some boxing stuff would help and where some boxing stuff would would not help. And so you know, it just helps me keep me sharp like that. And then you know, my the, the job that pays the bills is the personal training job. And so, you know, just staying yeah. sharp that with doing the right exercises for the athletes and stuff like that. So that's Cedric Sports, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that's one thing. So you got, like you said, all these different gyms that you're training at or, you know, coaching at. And then you got Cedric Sports on top of that. It's a personal training kind of Yeah. Program. Cedric Sports is, is uh, basically like kind of what I explained before about like the boxing program for athletes in other sports. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like I said, it, it, to help with specific athletic qualities. Whether it's upper body, speed with the hands, hand-eye coordination. When you're punching, you have to pivot your hips, turn your hips properly. That equates to other sports like in basketball when you're playing defense to turn your hips to keep the person in front of you. In baseball, when you're in baseball when you're going to throw or swing a bat, you got to turn your hips. Football, when you're going to throw a football, you have to turn your hips and pivot your hip and, and turn your foot. That, that That's all... That's all that's all things that we mm-hmm. emphasize in boxing. When you, if you want, if you're trying to throw a hard punch, 
you have to use your legs more. It's not it's not about flexing your arm and throwing your arm. It's about using your legs and twisting more. Same thing if you're wanting to throw something. If you're wanting to throw a baseball or going to throw a football, use your legs more. Sit down, turn your hips, and pivot your foot. So these are all things that apply. That all these are all boxing exercises that apply to athletes in other sports. Mm-hmm. I was trying to think of the words earlier. And I like I wanted to say that boxing is almost like a core, like not literally your core, but like a core exercise where everything can relate to yeah. every other yeah, yeah. athletic or exactly. sport or whatever, right? You know, like just like you're saying, throwing your hips. Exactly. Basically, all the movements and stuff that you're doing on the bag, sparring, mm-hmm. training, it just translates into whatever yeah. that athlete might be doing. Yeah, and that's what I uh, that's what I try to emphasize to the athletes when I when I someone that's never done boxing before. I just emphasize those things too. Mm-hmm. So just to get a, a tiny bit off topic, just for a little bit, talk about Cedric Sports. Uh, at one point, you were also on CJM doing your thing there and the, the show was also called Cedric Sports so just, <laughs> <laughs> what was the uh, mentality behind that you just give it a try do a kind of um, media thing yeah I actually uh, I forget how did I I just went went to I went to the university when I first moved to Windsor I went to I took a couple classes at the university and I was just walking by the radio station I just so I just popped my head and I was like uh, I was just inquiring if they had any like sports shows or like, I want to know what times they were at so I can listen to them. And then uh, I was talking to the guy for a bit. He's like, why don't you just try out and do a little, uh, um, what do you call it, a pilot or a demonstration type Yeah, thing. like a demo. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah I pilot did. like a TV show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I did it and he, he thought it was good. And so I had uh, my own show, Set Sports, for uh, probably Quite a while, two years, two, three years. Yeah. It was on Tuesdays, 4 to 4.30. Um, yeah, I had a little following. I, if I, I didn't have, if I would add social media back then, I, th- I think it would have blew up a lot more. I didn't have like Twitter or Instagram or anything back then. <laughs> um, I don't even think I had Facebook. So, um, but yeah, and, and I'm, cool. I'd like to start a podcast too. Yeah. So one thing that, that, that kind of bothers me when I listen to, to, to sports radio is that uh, I always say like I listen to these guys a lot of these guys piss me off because of their opinion and I listen to them for the for their for their information not their opinion because these guys if, if you're a journalist full time like you get access you know you can go to the locker room you can talk to the players they get access that we don't so I I listen to them for the information that they have but the problem that I have is that a lot of them mix in they they only take the facts that fit their opinion as opposed to give just giving you the facts to support their opinion. Yes, yes. Yeah. They they they'll they, they'll give their opinion and they'll be like, well, this is the reason why, and they'll, they'll only pick the facts that support their opinion. And so that that's what kind of it just kind of bothers me. And um, so I just yeah. I'd like to start my own so I can. I can definitely help you with that. Straight. You know, uh, though that's one thing too. Like it's almost the same thing. Like I was just like, I should try this. Do you guys have a sports show? They're like, no. I'm like, do you want one? They're like, yeah. That's how. That's how. Honestly, how it happened. Really? And, yeah. yeah. And then, like, same thing. It's like I'm not here trying to like, you know, decipher a hockey game or a fight or wrestling because that's like the things that I do and be like, you know, they should have done this. He shouldn't have done that. Yeah. I just like to, you know, this is what happened. It maybe is what I thought. And yeah. at the end yeah, of the day, yeah. just discussion. Like, you yeah, know, what did yes. you think? You yes, know, let's, exactly. let's shoot, you know, shoot the breeze kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Don't worry me wrong. Like, you, you can give your opinion too, just to make it not going to stand there and just read facts. Like this happened. This happened. This happened. Yeah. You can give a little bit of color to it. That's what they call color commentary. Yeah. Exactly. Right? 
give a little bit of, a little bit of color to it, but not not to where it's overwhelmingly all your opinion and 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 then, and then they go as far as to say that you know their their opinion is is fact. That's what makes me mad. Mm-hmm. I don't know a lot of like you know actual boxers that are into that sort of radio podcast. thing or podcast or at least the, but that's the thing what I'm saying is that these guys probably don't have that experience mm-hmm. or knowledge right and it's just yeah. that's their opinion so mm-hmm. you know leave it at that kind of thing but um, to almost begin to wrap things up one thing I want to touch upon is your involvement with Boxing Ontario mm-hmm. um, on the way here we were talking about that I didn't realize it was kind of like a, a campaign kind of thing right but yeah. um, you've been involved in that forever so obviously you're at a good spot being in the VP yeah. position yeah, yeah, I've been a, a coach for over 10 years now. Two years ago, I ran for a, a position on the board of directors for a vice president of competition, and, uh, and I won. And so basically, my uh, responsibilities are just making sure... It sounds like a big, big fancy title, but it's not, it's, I don't really have that much big responsibility. I'm just in charge of uh, making sure that, that the tournaments are run smoothly. Um, just uh, not making sure, but trying to... Because there's 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 no season in in boxing. It's just like people just organize a show or organize a tournament and put it on. So like I'll I'll um, see what shows or tournaments are around that we can send like our high level boxers to, um, just so they can get that gain that experience. Uh, the other thing I'm in char- I'm in charge for is just making sure the field of play at a tournament is is you know that the the ring is set. A certain certain area in the room that the chairs are all lined up properly. The the gates are at a certain area. Um, just basically making sure that the run the tournament runs smoothly. And uh, yeah, my I, eventually my goal is to work work my way up to Team Canada. Yeah. So just kind of using this as a stepping stone to, sure. to get there. All that experience, just like we were talking about before, with different gyms, different people, different athletes. It all is going to translate into the future you know and um obviously you're very passionate about the sport i see on twitter uh <laughs> giving your results and stuff like that yeah, um just yeah. another thing just popped in my head um because like we had talked about or i had mentioned you know boxing was like the most mainstream sport it's huge and it's still just such a like mm-hmm. the tickets for uh the event last night were 600 bucks <laughs> so much money is in this stuff but yet it's almost like a reserved sport um do you think like these kids could like not anyone specific i'm not going to be like what do you think about hunter or whatever but um, is there possibilities for them to go pro? Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, just in general, you know, a lot of people try to say boxing has died down. It's not that it's died down; it's that other sports are making more money. Mm-hmm. Like when people talk about the glory days of boxing in the seventies and eighties, whatever. Other sports weren't as big. Like they're like. Even stuff like uh, there was no TSN or ESPN that's showing basketball and football and baseball all day long. Mm-hmm. That all that stuff just happened, started to happen like in, in the mid 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 to late nineties. And so w- what it is is that other sports are are are, are being talked about. So it's kind of like before boxing was up here, but now up here is also football, baseball, and other sports. So it's just it kind of clogged up. So it's not that boxing's died; it's just that other sports are also mm-hmm. taking up some of the some of the talking space for people, you know. Yeah, hundred percent. So, so, and also other sports like if you had the choice of of going to swing a baseball or dodging a punch, 
most people would go have do the fun swing in a baseball or something <laughs> like that, right? It's not. Uh, 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 it's usually. For the most part, not in all cases, but for the most part, stuff like boxing or, or MMA were mostly the people that came up for, with, from rough upbringings and just had, this was their only way, well, only you, way you to get up. use your hands. Maybe exactly. And they'll just lend it to you. You don't need equipment. And stuff exactly, like exactly. Yeah. I always said, like, if you notice, like, poor countries are good at, are good at poor sports. Like, you think about boxing, soccer, baseball, you know, Cuba, Mexico, like, poor countries are good at poor sports because you don't need much to, to do. To, to excel at them, um, it's just that boxing's not by itself anymore. Yeah, it's just that boxing's not by itself anymore. And just in general, and and because there's other sports, like that's the other thing. Back in the day, like every, most grandparents, if you talk to most grandparents, they know somebody in their family that boxed. There was somebody in their family, whether it's their father or or their brother, somebody in their family boxed. I even especially Italians. That time, boxing was big in Italy. Mm-hmm. Um, around the world in general, like honestly, as most of your all your friends ask their, if they, tell them to ask their grandparents if they know somebody that boxed. I guarantee, almost guarantee the answer is yes. And so, but nowadays because there's other sports and these sports have been around for a couple of decades now, so boxing is not the number one thing. So, so sports, so some parents they just look at boxing and see they just see the violent part of it and MMA and see the violent part and they just oh no I don't want my kid doing that and da da da. And, you know, and and I, going back to me specifically as a coach, me emphasizing defense. Sometimes I watch a fight and I can understand why a parent when parent when wouldn't want want wouldn't what would not want their ch- their kid to be involved in that. You know, you get you see a fight and two kids are just bashing each other and there's blood all over the place. And like, if I didn't know anything about boxing, I saw boxing and I saw that I wouldn't want my kid to box either. You know, and so whenever there's a new a new kid that comes in here, you know, one of the first things that I tell them is that we emphasize more defense than offense, not getting hit. No, yeah. it's so not you, about, uh, ultimately, you don't want to get hurt. You know, yes. so that's where defense comes in. And and that being said, it's like that in all sports. You know, people look at football or hockey, and I don't want my kid in there because they can get hurt. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you know, at least this way you're going to teach you some defense. In hockey, it's like if you get hit, you get back up. Yeah, it's in football, exactly. right? So there's no there's no defense in presenting only, getting only hit. Only sports that you get checked by a doctor right before and right after you compete. Probably the only. I, so yeah, I don't yeah. know any other sport. Like you get a, you see, you have to see a doctor when you show up to your show. You see, you weigh in. You see the doctor. As soon as the fight's done, even if you won by first round knockout, the doctor sees the doctor sees both fighters. When you come down the steps, the doctor's standing at the bottom of the steps waiting to check you out. Mm-hmm. Like there's no, there's no messing around. So, oh, that's serious. Yeah. Um. So to be, uh, to begin to wrap it up, obviously you're, like we said, passionate about the sport. You're looking to uh, achieve a spot in Team Canada. Mm-hmm. Looking to do the coaching and boxing as long as possible. I would assume. Mm-hmm. I mean, what's holding you back, right? Like Charlie's been doing his whole life and. You know, there's no, there's a lot of longevity in, in coaching. So yeah, so yeah. I think you'll be doing, or at least having boxing in your life. Um, you know, I, I, my whole thing is that um, I always told myself if I didn't get the chance to make it at the pro level, in whatever sport I played, then I'd do my my best to help other people make it. So basically, that's that's that's. So I'll be doing this. And the other thing is. When I remember I was at this basketball camp when I was like 13 years old and this one of the counselors said something to me that 
will stick with me for the rest of my life. He said, one of the greatest feelings in life is getting paid for something that you love to do. And that's why I always told my son, I, 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 don't, I, I remember exactly what he, what he told me and, and just stuck with me forever. And so I always told myself, whatever career job that I have has to be something in sports. Like, if I don't make it as an athlete, whatever sport it is, then either a coach or a trainer or, or some. I never said, I never specifically said coach or trainer. I just knew I had to be something on something on the sidelines in coach in, in, in sports. So I'm a coach and a trainer, so yeah, both of them. Yeah. Awesome, man. Mm-hmm. Great story. Touch upon a lot of cool things, and yeah, it's glad to have you on. Anytime, anytime. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Wind City Sports, Windsor's only local sports radio program and podcast on CJM FM in Windsor, Detroit, and anywhere podcasts are found. This is episode 100 of Wind City Sports, and we just heard from Coach Cedric Ben, uh, one of Windsor's most recognized coaches in the community for boxing and personal training of Central Combat Sports, Windsor Amateur Boxing Club, Refined Fitness, and so much more. If you missed part of that interview, you can go and listen to it on the podcast at SoundCloud, iTunes, and again, wherever you find your podcast, and it's also now on YouTube. Uh, they'll be dropping immediately following the airing at 9 p.m. along with the podcast. That all being said, let's kill some time now and break down some local sports news, kicking things off with the St. Clair Green Giants baseball team. They opened their home portion of its summer league season by splitting a pair of games with the Lake Erie Monarchs at Lacoste Park this past weekend. St. Clair dropped a 14-9 decision at home on Sunday after winning its Saturday home opener 4-0 on Saturday. Third baseman and leadoff man Rodrigo DeLuke had three hits, scored twice, and drove in two runs for the Green Giants, while outfielder Matt Oranila added two hits for the team. They have back-to-back games tonight, actually, and tomorrow. Both 7 p.m. games over at Lacoste Park in Tecumseh. Both tonight and tomorrow, they are taking on the Muskegon Clippers. A little bit about our Windsor Rogues Rugby Club here. They played Saturday at home at AKO Park against the Sarnia Saints. Captain Spencer Bryant had the lone try for the Windsor Rogues in the 28-7 loss to Sarnia. In men's A1 division, play on Saturday. Bryant also added a penalty kick for the Rogues against the first place undefeated Saints. The Rogues still looking for their first victory of the season. The Windsor Clippers Junior B lacrosse team are riding a five-game winning streak after back-to-back wins on the weekend. The Clippers are now 8-0 on the road after a 17-16 win last Sunday against Point Edward Pacers. It followed a 14-5 win by the Clippers at home on Saturday against the Welland Generals at Fort Wade Arena. On Sunday, Chase Cavanaugh had six goals and finished with 10 points for the Clippers. Braden Maye and Jackman Schooley added three goals each to the Windsor offense. On Saturday, Jake Rosa had four goals and seven points, 
while Kavanaugh had three goals and seven points in their win over the Generals. Blaine Wallace also added three goals for the Clippers. A lot of the guys still in the running for top scorers as we wind down the season. It's been a stellar year so far for a pretty new and young team. You know, a couple a couple of standout returning guys, but a lot of their best players last year had moved on, you know, overagers and moved on to the next level or, you know, doing whatever they do now. Um, but they are rematching Wallaceburg right now, actually, over at Force Glade Arena. And this is their last home game of the season. Uh, on Saturday and Sunday, they are on the road in Owen Sound and Guelph, respectfully. Then it's playoff time when I am gone <laughs> to uh, to Italy. Uh, July, early July, they should be kicking things off. So hopefully I'm back to start covering that. And in the weeks that I'm gone, I'll uh, try and keep up with you guys and uh, tell you what's going on with the Clippers. Now a bulk of hockey news for you here, kicking things off with our Windsor Spitfires. Four of the five Windsor Spitfires exhibition games for the upcoming season will be played outside of Windsor. For the second straight year, the Spitfires will compete at the Harbor Center OHL Showcase in Buffalo, New York. Windsor will face Erie on August the 31st, as well as game day action against Hamilton on September 1st and Flint on September 2nd. The club returns home for its lone home game on September 13th against Sarnia before wrapping up exhibition play on the 14th in Sarnia. Pretty much the same thing they did last year, actually, where they played at the um, OHL Showcase up in Buffalo and then returned home for a home-and-home miniseries exhibition slash preseason games uh, with Sarnia. The OHL full 2018-19 schedule was released on Tuesday also, and Thursday, September 20th, is their home opener against the Guelph Storm. Check out the full schedule on their site and expect that last episode of the OHL Fanboys podcast where they run down or run through the schedule as we had talked to Brian Thompson, uh, one half of the OHL Fanboys, last week here on Wind City Sports. And as part of the Fantastic Fathers event, this Saturday at St. Clair College, Border City Wrestling will be putting on live and free matches at the event. So far announced is Wind City Sports alumni Aiden Prince and Stone Rockwell teaming up in a tag team action against Fabio Morocco and John E. Bravo. Look up Fantastic Fathers for more details on the event. It'll be a great day for all sons and fathers because Saturdays are for the boys. Okay, and now we're going to start to begin to wrap things up here on the 100th episode of Wind City Sports. And as talked about last week on the show... As of this Sunday, I'm going to be gone out of the country for two whole weeks as I'm gone to Italy. But in the meantime, we are still going to have brand new episodes of Wind City Sports on CGM FM and on the podcast. I have some pre-recorded interviews and some pre-recorded whole episodes with Adam D'Angelo, the creator of The Roundtable on CGM FM, and a sports management human kinetics graduate from the University of Windsor. He returns to the show. He was on back on episode 92 i believe um check that one out if uh, you are involved in the field or if you're interested in working in sports or in the sport industry um the lines are very blurred with this field so we kind of break down exactly what sport management or what he refers to as sport business is and then just kind of talk some general sports sports talk i guess you could say and another one following that um in two weeks from now is border city wrestling's kurt hendrick a up-and-coming wrestler he uh, travels around Michigan a lot with UCW, uh, representing Canada with the A-team. Him and 
uh, another guy from Windsor and another wrestler from, I believe from like he resides in Michigan, but he's actually a uh, Canadian. Uh, so a cool little thing we talk about their trio of the A team and how they bring that Canadian culture over to the USA to kind of, um, rub them the wrong way, I guess, <laughs> uh, gloating a little bit about how awesome our, our Tim, Tim Hortons is and our poutines and our beers so much better and all that kind of stuff. It's actually really funny, really cool. Also, some other things I wanted to mention in regards to the awesome interview I had today with Coach Cedric Ben. He talks about some athletes that he's training and that he's growing at Windsor Amateur Boxing Club. Go back and check out episode 47 with Edmonton Oilers' Zach Cassian, who's training boxing uh, with Cedric. And episode 73 with two of his up-and-coming boxers, one being Hunter Lee, a standout in the entire country yet province. He's won national championships and provincial championships over the last, I think, five years or so. And Tucker Myers, like he had mentioned, the former travel hockey goalie that uh, got into boxing and stuck with it. So check those out. Uh, some cool uh, back background on today's interview. But that's going to be it for the 100th episode of Win City Sports. Thank you so much for listening and for downloading the podcast if that's the method you take. Thank you to everyone who has ever listened or anything to do with Win City Sports. If you took part in an interview or helped me set something up, greatly appreciate it. Never thought we'd make it to 100 episodes, but here we are. We're going to be back here on C-Jam, just like I mentioned with a pre-recorded episode next week. And we're going to continue doing so until I gas out, I guess. New episodes drop every Thursday, live at 8 p.m. on C-Jam 99.1 FM in Windsor and Detroit. Following that, the podcast is dropped online anywhere you find podcasts. SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, Spreaker, wherever. You name it, we're there. We also have a Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram account. Like us, follow us, and subscribe to us now on YouTube also. Coach Cedric Ben's interview is going to be dropping in just a matter of minutes over on uh, YouTube, so check it out. And we'll be back next week with episode 101 with Adam D'Angelo. Until then, smell you later.